Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. We're going to be kicking off a new series tonight uh, called Let Us Pray. And in, the, uh, in, in this month, we're really going to be focusing in on the importance of prayer and, and, and just really focusing in and honing it in on, on, on why we pray and how to pray and, and uh, hopefully to get you fired up on the importance of prayer. But if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 11 in verse 1. Luke chapter 11 Verse one. Am I forgetting anything to announce, Macy? We're good. Okay. Luke chapter eleven, in verse one, it says, "Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of the, his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray.' And with that, let's pray. Father, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you that it is powerful. It is alive." Lord, it is active, and Lord, that you just desire to speak to us, Father. Lord, we just open ourselves up to receive from you, God. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to pray. I pray, Father, that we would get a a passion for prayer, Father. Lord, I I thank you that, that you're moving in our hearts, God. You're stirring our hearts. I thank you, Father, that tonight... That, that the, the fire that is just beginning to simmer in some of these people's lives and our lives, God, I thank you that logs are going to go on that fire, that we, our hearts are going to burn for you, God. We're going to desire you, desire to pray to you, desire to see things happen to war in the spirit realm, God. And I let, Lord, I just thank you, Father, for touching our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, I got the I got the uh, the title of this series. Uh, Let us pray. Actually, how many of you? Anybody know Miss Ernestine Cage? She's like the nicest lady on earth. She actually was in uh, what, what is it? The Acadiana's best. She she got voted Acadiana's most nicest person ever. I'm just kidding. I, I, I she taught me in children's church. She's like super sweet. She's actually one of our greeters here, and she actually wrote a little book called Let Us Pray, and it's really really neat. Uh, she gave it to us whenever uh, we were interns, and it's got just—it's uh, just—it's really just kind of a book of scriptures, and it's organized and just different things uh, on prayer. I encourage you if you—if you want to just—it's uh, a really good study. It's a small, short book. I think we have it in our resource center. If you want to pick it, pick a copy up and and study. But that's where uh, where we got uh, the message series and. Uh, I really just in this in this series, just kind of casting the vision uh, of, uh, you know, why, why do we take time to do a whole devote a whole series uh, to prayer? And my goal is to reignite you, to get you passionate about prayer. You know, if you study revival, um, almost all the times that you study revival, it started in a prayer meeting. It started with somebody praying. If you read the book of Acts, it started you know, with them getting together and praying. And if you look at even more modern day revivals, such as like Azusa Street and places like that, I think even like Brownsville, different different revivals that took place. Most of the time, it happened and came about was birthed in a prayer meeting. And I don't know about y'all, but just um, just to, and just to, and continuing prayer. I'm kind of just tired of of church as just status quo. Are, are you anybody just? Tired of just regular old church? I I, I want to see revival. Do you, do you want to see revival? I, I pray that 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 revival would shake this nation. I pray that re- revival would shake 
uh, our youth ministry. I pray that revival would shake the church. You know, whenever revival is happening, it's so easy to invite people to church because they, there's something tangible. There's something different about it. And, you know, just like even tonight, I feel like we just had like a little taste of that. Worship was so incredible. It was so Brandy and Josh, y'all did an awesome job. It was a small set. How about a hand clap for the worship team? Y'all did, y'all did incredible. It was simple, but, but yet, you know, and I'm just, a, I'm kind of rabbit trailing a little bit, but I just had this thought, you know, I just want to commend y'all. You know, Pastor Kelly and, and Pastor Brandon, their, their number one report back from y'all is like, man, the group right now is just very hungry. He's, that, that's what they both said separately. I mean, y'all, y'all are hungry. Y'all are, y'all are hungry group. And they were just saying how it was easy to preach because y'all just were just receiving everything that was being preached. And I think that that's a start of what could turn into revival. You know, when, where the presence of God is, what the world wants to see is something that's different. They want to not only see something that's different, they want to experience something that's different. It's the, it's the presence of God that, that shapes us. And, and what happens and the way that that comes about is through prayer. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time of just talking about the power of prayer and the importance of prayer and, and, and why we should pray. But the, the first title of tonight's message is I want to talk about how we should pray. How should we pray? And I'm, I want to teach you a little bit about how we should pray. That's what the disciples were asking Jesus. You know, whenever they came up to him, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Or another way to phrase that would be, Lord, how should we pray? How do we how do we pray? And, you know, it's good to go back and to just just kind of get some fundamentals of prayer and and how how should we pray? There There is a a uh, a, a structure or a format to prayer, not in, a, in a, a religious box of, okay, you're just going to say this prayer over and over again, but there's a format to successful prayer. There's a format to touching the, he- the heavenlies. And, and, uh, and so I want to talk a little bit about how we should pray. And um, the first area, the, the first way that we should pray is we should pray in faith. And that's where That's really where prayer starts. Prayer starts with faith. We should pray in an attitude of faith. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. What we hope for will actually happen. And just a little side note, you know, a lot of people in America, we've gotten a wrong perspective or definition of what faith is. I mean, what hope is. Hope is like just kind of wishful thinking, like, well, I hope it happens. That's not how it's supposed to be spiritually. It's what we hope for. It's a confidence that what we're hoping for, even though it's not seen, it will happen. It says it gives us assurance about things we cannot see. And drop down to verse 6, it says, and it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He rewards those who sincerely seek him. Prayer starts with faith. Prayer starts with faith. That's the, that's the very beginning. That's the very entry point of prayer is faith. You know, if you, if, if you're not praying in faith, honestly, you're just wasting your time. Because it, it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get in tune with God unless you're actually praying in an attitude of faith. In an attitude of faith. That's how you touch heaven is through 
your faith. You know, Jesus uh, told the disciples and told the crowds in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21, said, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. He was talking about the, the healings that was happening through Jesus. He said, you can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. You can pray for anything and if you have faith, you will receive it. You know, we some of us that have been in church for a while, you know, you've 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 heard this scripture before you read this scripture before. But what power in that scripture, what a perspective in that scripture that Jesus is laying out of if we pray in an attitude of faith that what nothing is impossible, nothing is impossible. And Jesus even said that in um, in Matthew, chapter 19, verse 26, he said he looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Whenever we go into our quiet time, whenever we go into that place of prayer, how do you enter into that place? Is it wishful thinking? Is it is it God, if if this can happen, that would be awesome, but it's probably not going to happen. Or is it no, I have faith believing that what I ask for will actually happen because I'm not putting my focus on myself. I'm putting my focus on God. Does that make sense? That's how successful prayer happens. Whenever, yeah, whenever with man, it's impossible. You know, there there's some circumstances and some things. There's some big prayers in our life that really sometimes anybody have prayer that seems in the natural impossible. But with God, all things are possible. That's why we're man and he's God. He's in control. He's in charge of everything. And the Bible says, you know, God owns the ca- uh, cattle of a thousand on a, a thousand cattle on, on the hills or however I can't get, you know, you know what I'm talking about. God owns everything. I just butchered that scripture, but you get the point of it. God has everything. He the Bible says that the earth is like his footstool, like he he's he's in control. And if we get begin to get God's perspective and have an attitude of faith, then Everything is possible. There's nothing that's impossible. And, you know, it's important. I want to spend a little bit of time on on this. It's important to have the right perspective of faith. It's very, very important to have the right perspective of faith. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of times, you know, you're actually the answer to your prayers. You realize that? I know some of you want to scream blasphemy for that, but it's actually biblical. In James chapter 2, verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can the, that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them things needed for the body. What good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. You know, a few times I've um, sometimes I cover the office and I have just random people that come in. And, and a few times I've had people that will walk in to the office that are in need of a job. 
And, you know, they just ask that, you know, I'd be praying for him. You know, I'm looking for a job. I need a job. I'm praying. I'm asking God to give me a job. And and I'll ask a question. Have you applied anywhere? Well, no, I haven't. But I'm really I'm praying and I'm asking God that he would bring me a job. And like, well, God's not just going to bring you a job. If you Your prayer without action is worthless. You know, we have a part in it. And it's good to have a good perspective and a good balance of what faith is. I don't want you to get, I don't want you to swing the other way and begin to rely on yourself, begin to rely on you. Well, I don't need to really pray. That's not what I'm saying at all. Is whenever we begin to pray, the reason that we pray is a lot of times God will show us what to do. What to do. How to go about it. He'll begin to give, if you're praying for a job, you know, begin to ask God what kind of job. Where should I apply? Where, where should I go? And God will respond to that. Faith is putting your prayer into action. Faith is putting your prayer into action. You know, some of I find, unfortunately, a lot of believers have a really wrong perspective about faith. They think that faith is just asking God for something and he's just going to drop it in their lap. And sometimes that happens. That sometimes that really does happen, but most of the time, God's going to give you something to do. He's going to show you, okay, here's the answer to your prayer. Here's a strategy. Here's what you need to do. Now go and be obedient to me and put action behind your prayers. That's the, that's how it works most of the time. You know, you might be witnessing to somebody in your school and and trying to maybe get them to come to fusion and and try to get them to come to church. And you know, it's if that person says, well, I don't have a ride. Well, don't just pray for them to get a ride. Give them a ride here. You know what I'm saying? This is simple. This is practical, but this is truth. Let's put our faith, let's put our our faith and our prayers into action. And that's what pleases God. So how should we pray? Number one, we should pray in faith. Secondly, we should pray relationally. We should pray relationally. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, whenever Jesus was teaching us how to pray, He said, pray like this, our Father in heaven. He started at that point. This, this wasn't a mistake that He started at that level. He said, our Father in heaven. you got to first recognize God on a relational basis before anywhere else. Before you bring your needs to God, you need to, you need to connect with Him. You need to, you need to cultivate a relationship with him before anything else. You know, I, I, there are seasons and there are times in your life where you're going to have a lot of needs and a lot of things that you need to receive from God. But before you begin to, to spend time in prayer, always connect with God relationally. Always connect with God relationally because he is first and foremost your father. He desires and yearns to spend time with you before anything else. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, So, We have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you have received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call to him Abba Father. Whenever you got saved, he adopted you into his kingdom. And now you're not just before you were a slave to sin. But now you're you're not only a servant to God, but you're also a son. You're also a daughter to him. And whenever you connect relationally, then you're going to be able to see all these other things begin to get added. 
you're going to see all these things begin to happen whenever you realize that he is the perfect father. He's the perfect father. And just like, you know, just like a, a father, a good father here on earth, you know, before he wants to before you bring his, your needs to him, he also wants to just connect with you. He also just wants to hear, you know, how your day was before you, you ask him for gas money. He wants to just know how, how you're doing. If he's a good father, he wants to connect with you relationally and that much more with our heavenly father. He wants to connect with you relationally before you bring all of your needs to him. In Hebrews chapter four, verse uh, 14, it says, so then since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. We'll find grace to help us <clears throat> when we need it the most. I'm getting a little, take a quick time out commercial break. I'm getting, a, uh, my throat's getting dry. Now getting anything out of this? You're alive. You're awake. It's good to be back. It's good to be. I haven't been preaching in two two weeks. It's good to be with y'all. <laughs> says, "Let us come before His throne boldly, boldly." You need to you need to get a perspective, just like you need to get the right perspective on faith. You need to learn how to come before God. You know, you you don't need to. You don't have to come before God. You know, just woe is me. You can come boldly. You need to understand the difference between arrogance and boldness. You can walk, and we're supposed to walk in humility, but boldness at the same time. And the reason that we can have boldness is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us, because that He made a way for us to enter into the presence of God. And so whenever you go into prayer, you don't have to, you don't have to come in with your, your head down in a way that you feel, woe is me. You know, he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and there is reverence. And the worst shirt maybe ever made is Jesus is my homeboy, because that is, that is so irreverent. But, you know, God allows us to come boldly. We are to come boldly and with confidence because, yes, he's the king of the universe. But your father, your dad is the king of the universe. It'd be just like your dad is the president of the United States. He's got everything. He's got, he's got all the power. In just one moment, he can, he can make things happen for you. And yeah, you, you, you approach him with, with respect, but also you approach him as their father. Because of what Jesus did for us, we can come with boldness and confidence in prayer. Amen? We can come in boldness and confidence in prayer. So first, we, the first way that we should pray, how do we pray, is we pray in faith. Secondly, we pray relationally. We connect with God on a relational basis. And third, we should pray constantly and consistently. We should pray constantly and consistently. I love uh, a quote by a well-known uh, revivalist in the late 1800s and early 1900s, Smith Wigglesworth. 
He said, I rarely pray longer than 20 minutes. But I rarely go 20 minutes without praying. Let me just say that again. I rarely pray longer than 20 minutes, but I rarely go 20 minutes without praying. Smith Wilgersworth lived in an attitude of prayer always. You know, I've, I, I'll just be honest, in my life, there's been times where um, <clears throat> I'll have my prayer time in the mornings. And, uh, you know, sometimes I pray, you know, for an hour or however long. And then that was it. It was done. But what what I want to do and am trying to do and continue to cultivate is that I walk in an attitude of prayer. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to pray constantly, consistently, never stopping. You know, in uh, Matthew chapter six, verse six, Jesus said, but when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, go by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father. (coughs) I'm losing my voice. No, I'm not in Jesus name. (laughs) Pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. It's always awkward to drink water in front of a bunch of people, but <laughs> but I'm going for it, or I'm not going to be able to speak. <laughs> Matthew chapter six, verse six. Pray, but when you pray, when you pray, go to your father who knows everything and sees everything in private. You know, before you connect with a lot of people. Uh, want to do things like this, you know, maybe some of you may want to preach or or, or do great things for God. I don't want to I want to say this before you can connect with an audience of a crowd, you must first connect with the audience of one. Before you connect with the audience of a crowd, you must first connect with the audience of one. Before you can do anything with God of great value or reach masses of people, you got to first connect with the audience of the most important person, Jesus. You know, we're supposed to, as Christians, live a lifestyle of prayer. And I want you to really, I I pray, my prayer for y'all tonight is that you come away from tonight with not just, um, I don't want anybody to feel condemned of, man, I don't pray enough. I don't want anybody to leave here feeling like, man, in in a way of condemnation, I don't pray enough. I want everybody to leave this building tonight Hunger for hungry for more prayer. Doesn't matter. None of us pray enough. All of us need to go to another level of prayer whenever we begin to realize it's important to grasp that concept of that. God is a rewarder of those who privately seek him. The the concept of the private place is one that is unavoidable. The Bible says that that what is done in secret will be shouted off the rooftops. So what secret sin is in in, in people's life at some point, unless it's repented and dealt with, will manifest publicly. That's the negative side. But the positive side is whenever you begin to invest in your spiritual life, that's going to manifest itself publicly as well. That what is done secretly will ultimately come out publicly and God will reward us for doing so.
And in Luke chapter five, verse 15. So, but Jesus's instruction, uh, despite Jesus's instructions, the report of his power spread even faster and the vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus often withdrew from the wilderness for prayer. I don't know how you read that scripture, but I read it like this. And this really is what was happening. Jesus's ministry was really beginning to take off rapidly. Things were I mean, he could not get away from people. Crowds of people were following him at all times. Jesus was busier at this point than at any other point in his entire life. But the Bible says that Jesus often withdrew to prayer. Jesus often withdrew in prayer. You know, whenever I was thinking about this, you know, we're too busy not to pray. You know, we all have great excuses that we can come up with. I'm busy. You're busy. You got school. I got home. You have homework that's coming up or you got a project that's coming up. All of us are busy now in the society that we live in. We're all busy. And a lot of times we think of maybe I'm not I'm not I'm just too busy to pray. But the truth is, if what you're saying, whenever you you're say I'm too busy to pray, then that's interesting because that means that we're more busy. Are we more busy than Jesus was? Jesus was incredibly busy about the work of God, but yet he often withdrew into the wilderness for prayer. You know, we're, we're too busy not to pray. We need God's grace. We need God's help in everything that we do. You know, there's been some decisions that I've made in my life that I didn't pray about that, that I, I would kick myself later. Like, man, if I just would have prayed about that, I really would have avoided a major consequence there. You know, if I if I just would have just taken some time to pray and ask God, what do you want to do? I really would have avoided heartache and all of us can say that. You know, first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16. It says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Another translation says, uh, never stop ceasing in prayer in Philippians chapter four. And verse six says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. That's such a powerful scripture. Says, Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. That's a structure of prayer. You know, whether you see things happening in your life or not, there's been answer to prayer in your life. There's been things that there's things inevitably in all of our lives that we were praying for and continue to pray for. That hasn't manifested, that hasn't happened. But you know what? There's also been prayer that has been answered, that has come about. And, you know, that's how we should live our lives of God. I thank you for what you've already done. And God, I also thank you for what you're going to do. I thank you for what you've done, and I thank you for what. You're going to continue to do in our lives, you know, prayer without ceasing prayer that never, never stopping continuous prayer. Is is not, you know, literally, that's if you read that literally, that's impossible to do. You have to go to places you can you can't spend all of your time praying. What that means is is always be in an attitude of prayer. 
you're going to you you listen to this. If you live your life like that, you're going to be an incredible minister for God. If you go to school that way, you're going to do incredible things and minister to all kinds of people because you're going to walk and live in an attitude of prayer everywhere you go. You know, some, there's going to be classmates that begin to confide in you and say, man, this is going on. My, you're going to be in your workplace and, and somebody's going to say, this is going on in my life. And just real quick, you can just ask them, can I just pray for you real quick? Is that all right if I pray with you? And some of them might say no, but a lot of people are receptive to prayer. Especially somebody that that's willing to confide in you and share something with you, they're normally fine with you praying with them, you praying for them. But that doesn't happen if you're not in an attitude of prayer. Otherwise, you'll just say, "Oh man, that that stinks that you're going through that." But if you we walk and live in an attitude of prayer, that's where our ministry happens. That's how we can really ultimately minister to people is when we live in an attitude of prayer. You know, you know the story of Daniel. You know that they Daniel uh was an incredible man of God and uh and he would pray all the time and and they made a a a law against praying and and Daniel just did what he always would do. He continued to he continued to pray and there's a, I'm not going to go into the whole story. We'll we'll talk about that another time. But you know, I thought about that, you know, Daniel just did what he always was doing. He didn't start anything new just because a new law came about. He didn't decide, I'm going to, well, I'm going to start praying now or I'm going to stop or I'm not going to pray, being that he wasn't praying already. He, he was just, he lived a life of prayer. And, you know, I thought of that, you know, prayer for us needs to be a first response, not a last resort. Prayer for us needs to be a first response, not a last resort. How many times do do we live that way though? Of like, man, there's no, there's doesn't look like it's going to happen. Well, I guess I can pray about it. You know, how many of you? I've done that before, where you just you're trying to figure things out and get and like, oh yeah, maybe I should pray about this. Prayer needs to be our first response. You know, I I I, I know somebody that I knew somebody that they lived like that. Man, that scripture that says pray about everything. They would literally pray about everything and it would kind of aggravate me sometimes like, man, that's just so over spiritual. They literally pray about everything. But I began to look at their life and see how many good decisions they make. And they're always making just really good decisions. And I thought about it. I was like, man, they apply that scripture. They pray about everything. And because of that, they make really good decisions because their decisions are not based on their own ability, but based on God and what He wants to do. So prayer needs to be a first response, not a last resort. So how should we pray? We should pray in faith. We should pray relationally. We should pray constantly and consistently. And number four, and final, we should pray openly and wholeheartedly. We should pray openly and wholeheartedly. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm chapter 139 and verse 23. Psalm chapter 139, verse 23. If you have your iPhone or Bible, whatever, I want you to actually turn there. I want you to learn this scripture. Psalm chapter 139. Verse 23. 
This is David crying out to God. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, the key to really connecting with God in prayer is to pray openly towards God. He, you know, he, he knows everything already. You, you realize that whenever you're praying, God's never been in heaven like, what? Oh my, snap! No way! I cannot believe that that's what you... No. Nothing has ever occurred or surprised God before. I don't know if, if you know that. So we might as well just go ahead and be open with Him. He knows everything already. And what He wants you to do is just come clean. Just open up. God, this is what's going on in my life. And whenever we do that, we allow Him, God, sift my heart. Begin to just show me what's on the inside. You know, that, that's how we avoid deception. You know, deception is, is doing something that you're not aware that you're doing it. Or you're not aware that you're in error. You're not aware that you're in sin. But to avoid deception, to avoid those things in our lives, is to be open towards God in prayer. To be open towards God in prayer. And you know, that only comes whenever you trust Him. Whenever you trust Him and you know that He's not going to harm you, that He has your very best in mind, and you just submit to Him, say, God, just, just search me. Search my heart. Here's what's going on. Begin to just pour out your heart before God. If you do that, a lot of healing will take place in your life. You'll avoid, you know, sometimes, you know, counseling is great. It's good to, to, to meet with somebody else. But the best person to meet with is God. The best person that you can connect with is God. The best person that you can pour your heart out before is God. And that's how, we, how should we pray? We should pray openly and wholeheartedly. Because what happens whenever we come before God in a posture of, here I am, this is what's going on, no fronts, God will begin to, to take that heart and He'll make it whole. The only way that, that you can become wholehearted is if you place your heart in the hands of God. Because ultimately, every, all of us are missing some pieces of our heart. All of us need healing in some area. And the only way that it can become full and can become whole is in the hands of God. You know, you can picture it almost like clay. You know, sometimes it can get chipped or, or can not be perfect, but in, in the hands of a potter, he can begin to mold it and shape it and how it's supposed to be. And the same thing with our hearts. When we ask God, God, show me what's going on. He'll, he'll show you. He'll speak to you if you ask him, God, show me what's in my heart. Show me what show me what is offensive to you. When you do that, you know, your heart determines your prayers. Your heart determines your prayers. A person that has a a corrupt heart or a sinful heart, they're going to if they're going to pray one way, but it's not going to touch the heart of God. But a heart that is whole, a heart that is in the hands of God, that's going to touch his heart. That's going to that's going to determine how how you're praying, how your prayer life is. And I want to just close with this scripture. 
in Psalms chapter 24, verse 3, says, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in this holy place? Those Those whose hands and hearts are pure. Those whose hands and hearts are pure. And the only way that our hands, the only way that our heart can become pure is for us to put our heart, us to put our affections in his hands. He's the only one that can purify us. We can't do it ourselves. There's not enough self-help books out there to really purify yourself. Ultimately, he's the one that makes us pure. Let's stand together. My, my prayer for us for fusion I really pray that, that this this message and then the messages to come that this really goes down deep in your spirit that you begin to get passionate about prayer that you begin to look at prayer from a, a new and a fresh perspective in a way that's that's not not religious in a way that's that's that, that's not just trying to only get what what you can get from God, but in a pure way, in a way of, of God, I, I'm just coming before you. I pray that, that we would be, you know, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. If we want to see revival in this building, we want to see revival in our schools, it starts with prayer. And we're going to talk more about just intercession later in, in a few other messages, but I pray that that you begin to just get a passion for prayer. You know, as we talk about prayer, I believe personally that the two greatest prayers that anybody could ever pray is one, first and foremost, the prayer of salvation, and second is the prayer of repentance. Both of them have to do with relationship. One is getting in right relationship with God for the first time, Second is to is to get back into right relationship with God. Right now, I just want to take a moment. I want everybody to just close their eyes and bow their heads right now. And if you fall into one of those two categories, maybe you're, you're, you know right now that you're not saved, that you don't have a relationship with Jesus, or maybe you once have had a relationship with Jesus, or... Or maybe you do have a relationship with God, but there's some things in your life that just as we talked about in Psalms of God, show me things that are offensive to you. You know that there's some things in your life that is offensive to God. There's some sin in your life that may be offensive to God. If you fall in in one of those two categories, either you know that you don't have a relationship with God or you need to pray the prayer of repentance, I just want you to boldly slip up your hand right now. Boldly slip up your hand. Anybody else, keep it up. Raise your hand and keep it up. Either you need to come into a right relationship with God, or you need to pray a prayer of repentance. Come on, I know there's more than that in here. Anybody else, come on, boldly slip up your hand. Keep it up. I just want to pray all together right now, just... For those that maybe are, are praying a prayer of salvation, I just want us to pray together. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that He rose from the grave, that you shall be saved. You shall be saved. Let's just pray right now. Lord Jesus, everybody together. Lord Jesus, I thank You 
that you died on the cross for my sins. I just accept you right now as my Lord and Savior. Cleanse me. Wash me with your blood tonight. I want to be made new. I want to be made whole. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray. And I just want to pray for anybody that, if you're, maybe you know you have a relationship with God, but there's some things that are offensive in your life to God. The Bible says that the moment that you ask for forgiveness, as far as the east is for the west, He remembers it no more. I just want to pray for you right now. If you need to just pray a prayer of repentance, right there, right in your seat. We're going to have some altar ministry in just a second, but I want to pray for you right there. If that's you, just just pray this prayer. Jesus, I ask for your repentance. I ask for your forgiveness. I repent right now. I turn away from my sin. And I focus upon you. I thank you, Lord, for washing me and cleansing me. I thank you that that forgiveness is never old. It's, It's never beyond me. That I can always have it in just a moment. Father, I pray right now over every single person in this place. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that we would have passion for prayer or that we would have hunger for prayer, Father. I pray, Father, that that we would just, our hearts would burn for you, God. Burn for you in 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 a way that we cannot stop praying, Father, that we would walk and live in a manner, in an area that that we always are, are praying. We're always in an attitude of prayer. Lord, I thank you, Father, for touching us. I thank you, God, right now for revival, for revival to take place in our hearts, in our schools. Lord, we ask right now, God, I ask that revival would start with us. Lord, start with me. Start in my life. Lord, I ask for revival to touch my life. Come on, if you if you want revival, personal revival, just lift up your hands before the Lord right now. Lord, I want revival. I ask God that revival would start with me, God. Lord, I ask God that revival would start in my life. Lord, I thank you right now that revival starts with prayer. Come on, just begin to just intercede for your school right now. Whatever your school is, just begin to pray for it. Lord, I pray that revival would touch our schools. Lord, I pray that a revival would touch Lafayette Parish, God. I pray that revival would touch Family Life Church, God. I pray that revival would touch Fusion, God. I pray that revival would touch our lives, would touch our ministries, would touch our schools, God. Lord, we ask for revival in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray right now that that you would just release supernatural miracles. Lord, I pray that we would begin to see the sick healed again. Lord, I pray that we would begin to see souls saved again. Lord, I pray that that we begin to see hearts that are hungry for you, God. Come on, just begin to pray for this country right now. Pray for this country right now. Father, we pray for America. God, we ask, God, revival would shake this nation, Lord. 
that we would no longer be wrapped up in our own comfort, or that you'd break selfishness off our lives, God, or that you would bring us to our knees, Lord. Lord, you said that if we would humble ourselves and pray, God, that you would heal our land. Come on, just begin to pray. It's your nation. It's your nation. It's your community. Begin to pray. God, shake us. Shake us with revival. We ask that revival fire would touch our community. Revival fire would touch our nation, God. Lord, we pray that we would be a nation that comes back to the revelation of the cross, Jesus. Oh, Father, shake this nation for your glory. Help us, God, to wake up. Lord, I pray that people would begin to awaken, awaken sleepers right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. If you just feel right now that, that you, you're, you're dealing with some complacency, that you feel like you're kind of asleep spiritually and you need just a fresh fire, I just want you to just begin to make your way down to the altar. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Be bold right now. If you have some complacency, you need fresh fire in your life right now. You just, you're yearning and desiring to just have a heart of prayer. Come on, I, I just I know there's more of you in here that, that need fire. You need just as school starts, you need you need just a fresh fire for God. Thank you, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for just your revival that's touching our lives. I pray right now, God, for fire to your consuming fire. Lord, I thank you right now that you're touching our hearts touching our lives, God. Shake us, God. Mold us into the people that you've called us to be. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you're touching our hearts, you're touching our lives, God. Mark us for your glory forever, Lord. Lord, break complacency, break apathy off of our lives right now. In Jesus' name, I pray that we would awaken spiritually, God, to you, to your heart. Lord, let us be a people of hunger tonight and forever. Lord, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise for what you're doing in us and through us, God. Lord, we ask that you would teach us how to pray. That you would show us how to change our schools. How to change this community for your glory, God. Lord, we just love you right now. And I pray over every single person in this place that we would have a passion for prayer. Lord, that we'd have a passion for you, first and foremost, God. I pray that you would touch us in every area, shake our lives for your glory tonight, right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.